and welcome to another episode of the Average Joe Football Show. I'm your host, Joe Fair. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to another episode. Uh, even as news around the NFL continues to slow down, uh, we're kind of hitting the, the slow period of the NFL offseason where there's not really a whole lot of news. I appreciate you guys still tuning into the show and, and making it a point to make this show a part of your day. I really, really appreciate that. Uh, yeah, this this week has been, it's been a really slow week as far as NFL no, news goes. Obviously, the news uh, going on around the world with, with all the protests and 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 all of the, the stuff like that going on, it kind of overshadows any small uh, NFL news that's been going on this week. Uh, but overall, it's been it's been a slow NFL uh, news week. Uh, I think today we're going to do something a little bit different. Instead of going into the news, because there is not very much news, uh, I think I'm going to take a little bit of time at the top of the show just to kind of kind of get into some of the some of the things going on uh, in the in in the world right now as as the the protests and 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 the the racial inequality um, debate continues to uh, to uh, chug along uh, and it's slowly starting to to intercede into the NFL world and we're seeing NFL players uh, joining in protests and, and this week we saw uh, Drew Brees putting his foot in his mouth with with a comment that he made uh, and then we had Jake Fromm putting his whole whole lower half of his body in his mouth uh, with a with a text that he sent or when he was in college so we we see we see the the events in the real world sort of trying to uh, or very much succeeding at interceding into the NFL world. So I figured um, I would not do that a disservice and and just ignore it. I don't want to get too far into it, but I just I wanted to instead of going through the news and and talking about stuff like uh, the New York Jets trying to coax uh, Kyle Long out of retirement. Uh, you know I would maybe talk about something a little important, a little bit more. Uh, relatable and just kind of have a, a short discussion uh, with you guys as much of a discussion as I can have when it's just me talking and you guys listening just just to kind of go over what's what's going on and and where we can go from here and and, and how the NFL uh, is going to be affected by all of this so to start things off uh, this week Drew Brees was doing it was doing an interview uh, I believe with Yahoo Sports I could be wrong but uh, he was doing an interview this week uh, in which he was asked um, what his thoughts would be on players potentially taking a knee uh, this year in protest, um, obviously to protest the racial injustice and, and inequality uh, as far as the police uh, policing goes and, and just the overall racial injustice in the United States of America. And his, his response um, was the response that a lot of people have, and that was he's never going to support uh, somebody disrespecting the flag. He's never going to support somebody disrespecting our troops. And he proceeded to be completely crucified uh, this week by basically everybody, including his teammates. He really, really had a lot of his teammates upset at him. Um, obviously, they don't believe that the, the protest that they're doing is, is not to disrespect um, these troops. It's not to disrespect the flag. Um, so there was a lot of people just crucifying uh, Drew Brees this week. And, and in my honest opinion... Uh, I don't totally agree with what Drew Brees has said. I don't, I, I, I'm not a big uh, patriotism person myself. I, I'm very, I am patriotic. I, I, I do love my country. I, I'm Canadian, obviously. I'm not American, but I love um, the fact that I get to grow up in, in a, get, I've gotten to grow up rather, and, and I'm now living in a, a great country where I, where I'm free uh, and I have, uh, obviously, all these these great uh, privileges, um, but overall patriotism. I, I think that the United people in the United States, in my opinion, can can overdo it with the patriotism thing a little bit much. Um, I understand supporting your troops, and 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 obviously they they've given a sacrifice bigger than anything I can imagine uh, myself. I will never be able to to comprehend the sacrifice that they've given. And this, again, this is not a disrespect to the troops. This is not a disrespect to people that fought in wars. This is more so these players trying to get your attention. Um, and, and Drew Brees got that explained to him this week from his teammates. I believe they had some meetings this week after, after he had, um, after he had said this and, 
And overall, my initial reaction was that I think the people people overreacted to his statement a little bit, a little bit. But I think overall, uh, in the end, uh, good came from it. Uh, I think Drew Brees ended up seeing things from a different perspective. And you can say that uh, you can say that what Drew Brees, what Drew Brees said this week, where he had his grandfather and his ancestors, they fought in wars. And that's why he felt that it was not respectful to kneel during the anthem. But you also look at it in, from a different perspective. Um, there was African-Americans fighting in those same wars alongside uh, Drew Brees' grandparents and his great-grandparents and all that. And they fought in those same wars, sacrificed those same things, and they came back to a country that didn't accept them. They came back to a country that didn't, uh, didn't want them. Uh, didn't perceive them as human beings, even though they just put their life on the line, give you the ultimate sacrifice, some of them, dying in battle for their country, for a country that doesn't even accept them or respect them. I mean, to me, it's it's just about seeing things from a different different perspective. And this goes on both sides. There's been a, a, lot, of, a lot of fighting, a lot of negativity on social media this week. Um, obviously, with everything going on, and I would just encourage you to, to just just look at things from a different perspective. Um, the, the argument constantly comes up when it when it comes to kneeling and protesting that the protesters are 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 disrespecting the flag, uh, and I think that's just that's so far from the truth. Uh, I, later on in the week, Drew Brees um, he when when having a discussion with his teammates. Uh, Afterwards, it seemed like he really he really took some things to heart, and and he really changed his mind. I thought he did a he did a good job of of saving face. I guess a lot of people thought that maybe it was just his PR team um, digging him out of this hole that he that he built. But I thought when he he made a statement towards the president of the United States uh, later later on in the week, and I and I and I really enjoyed the statement, and I thought it showed that he had grown through this whole situation, and he had kind of seen things from. A different perspective and his statement uh, on Instagram towards Donald Trump was uh, to Donald Trump through my ongoing conversations with friends teammates and leaders in the black community I realize this is not an issue about the American flag and never it has never been we can no longer use the flag to turn people away or distract from the real issues we face that face our black communities we did this back in 2017 and regretfully I brought it back to my com- with my comments this week. We must stop talking about the flag and shift our attention to the real issues of systematic racial injustice, economic oppression, police brutality, and judicial and prison reform. We are at a critical juncture in our nation's history. If not now, when? Uh, We as a white community need to listen and learn from the pain and suffering of our black communities. We must acknowledge the problems, identify the solutions, and then put this into action. The black community cannot do this alone. This will require all of us. So I really, I really like that comment by Drew Brees. And I think it's because I, I can relate to where he's coming from. I remember, I remember when, when Colin Kaepernick first took a knee um, during the preseason game uh, in 2016, I can remember where I was when I found out that he had taken a knee. Um, and in my immediate reaction was, was probably the reaction that most people have uh, or most people had, especially somebody like me, a, a, a white person. And my immediate reaction was, that's disrespectful. Um, he should stand. Uh, I thought he was making it all about him. I thought he was, uh, he was trying to just get all this attention on him. And, and I, was, I was really bitter towards Colin Kaepernick, as was um, Drew Brees. And, and I was really just blinded by by I think patriotism or or stuff that has been we've been brought up in stuff that we've just heard over and over again and it it, it took me it took me a few months before I I kind of decided to look at it from a different perspective and see it from um Colin Kaepernick's perspective see it from the perspective of the black community and realize this is not about patriotism this is not about the flag this is about something something bigger than than the flag than the piece of piece of fabric that's that's hanging on the flagpole. This is about uh, this is about social justice. This is about uh, people feeling like they're not treated equally. Um, and even if you do not believe that there is racism in the NFL, there is racism in society. 
I think that this, that's an ignorant statement to make. I think there's racism from all sides and hate from all sides. But even if you think that racism is overblown or that there is, there is not these problems in society, they're just trying to get your attention to have an open and honest discussion about the racial injustice, about the things that they, they believe in. Uh, and I think that's something that our, our society lacks so much now is as soon as you see something that you might potentially disagree with, your immediate response is to get defensive, yell, um, and, and, and shut down and just and, and call names and, and just rant on Twitter when I think what we need right now as a society is, is the exact opposite. We need discussion. We need to improve. We need to move forward. We need to work together instead of tearing each other apart. And this goes for people who were anti this protest this week, people who were anti-rioting this week. And this goes for people in those protests, people that were rioting and, and, and looting and destroying buildings and setting buildings on fire. Those are the people uh, on that side that I think need to look in the mirror and say, are we building, are we, are we building relationships? Are we helping our cause? And I think the, the peaceful protesters, I am 100% behind. Uh, I, I, I will fight for anybody's right to peacefully protest because because that would that's what makes a country like the united states of america so beautiful is the freedom of speech is the freedom to protest peacefully uh, i do not obviously agree with the looting and, and the setting on fire but i don't think most people at those protests most black lives matter activists agree with the looting either those are just a few uh bad uh situations there during those protests just like uh when we talk about the police and the policing, uh, we have people on on the right side, I'll just say the people on the right side saying, oh, there's just a few bad police officers. There's just a few bad police officers that make the rest of the police look bad. Well, it goes the same way with the people that are that are protesting. For the most part, these protests are peaceful protests and they, and they have an incredible message and something that we need to listen to. But there's just a few bad apples that that burn down uh, buildings that 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 are violent that that kind of spoil spoil the whole the whole bunch and i just want to encourage people um to, to not be afraid to have discussions uh during this time not be don't be afraid to have your mind changed i i started off completely in a different mind mindset in a different point of view on this whole colin kaepernick situation i started off um totally disagreeing with him but uh I found that I, I eventually I had my mind changed when when I when I I sat back and and, and I tried to to understand where um, where he was coming from where uh, he's he's been what he's experienced um, and why he's doing this uh, why he feels like he needs to do this so I just I would just encourage you to to not take this lightly um, have discussions with people in your life have discussions with your family, with your friends, um, and, and, and don't be afraid to have your mind change in times like this. And, and, and I just want to encourage you to, to just love like I did last week. Just, just choose love, just, just respect each other. And, and we need to work towards getting better. If we're not working towards getting better, what are we working for? Moving right along to the, to the next segment of the show. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed my my opening discussion, my monologue type deal that I did there. Um, that was all from the heart. I, I usually like to have things written down, have a little bit of a of a rundown of what I'm going to say, but I, I just wanted to kind of kind of speak from the heart and say what's on my mind about all of this um, all of this stuff going on. And and I hope that you could take something from that. And if not, then um, this part of the show is for you. Um, the 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 more fun, uh, unimportant part of the show. Uh, this week, we uh, we had some some sports news. The NFL news was obviously um, a little slow this week, like we discussed already. But uh, in other sports news, um, this week the the I believe it was last week actually the the NHL announced that it was coming back, um, um, doing a twenty four team playoff, uh, I believe. And now the NBA actually this week uh, announced that they're coming back. Uh, in two months, uh, July 30th, I believe, is the date that the season will start. And they're going to do eight regular season games. And then they're going to jump right into uh, a playoff 
um, after they weed out 22 teams down to 16 teams. Obviously, if you guys have listened to this show, you know that I'm a big fan of the NBA. I'm a big basketball fan. I I really love the Toronto Raptors. So I'm really excited. And I thought, you know, in, in a week where uh, NFL news is pretty slow and, and we're kind of in a slow period, uh, why not have a little fun? And, and I'm going to create uh, my my starting five, a, a, a starting five uh, NBA basketball team made up of just NFL players. So I'm going to take five NFL players that I think could make a pretty decent starting five uh, and just to kind of celebrate the NBA coming back. Uh, I'm excited. Uh, it definitely is a, is a good sign uh, seeing the NBA come back that, that maybe things are, are transitioning more back to normal and, and hopefully that means that we'll have NFL football uh, in the upcoming season and, and hopefully we can even have fans in attendance and, and go back to a little normalcy. So when it comes to building a basketball team made up of strictly NFL football players, um, I had a lot of fun doing this this week. Uh, this is something that I thought about for a few days. I put I put maybe too much work into in, into making this team. It's sort of a sort of a silly concept, but uh, I think uh, there are some some guys in the NFL that are just athletic freaks. That that guys that can do. Uh, amazing things on the football field and and to me there's no way those things don't transition into other sports I guarantee you all these guys are are tremendous athletes uh, in different areas of sport so I decided this week to to build a starting five um, basketball team made up of strictly NFL players uh, I, I just have just a regular starting five obviously the NBA is more is more moving towards positionless basketball where there's maybe not as many positions anymore uh, you just have really tall talented um, athletes playing all positions, but I, I just, I, I went back to the starting five. I have a point guard, shooting guard, a uh, small forward, a power forward and a center. So just your basic starting five and, and let's just jump into it. Uh, my, my point guard, uh, this is the leader of the team. I was looking for somebody who could come in, be the leader, um, is a tremendous passer, um, but can do other things as an athletic Somebody who's maybe twitchy can can make make some plays on his own, um, lose the defense. Uh, so he's quick. He can pass. He's he's probably the smallest guy on the team. So maybe not not, not looking looking for a six five six six dude. So I'm looking for somebody like that. And to me, my point guard on my starting five is quarterback Kyler Murray uh, of the Arizona Cardinals. And this pick is maybe a little bit questionable because I mean the guy is listed at five ten. Uh, 207 pounds, and I think that's extremely generous. Uh, listed there on 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 uh, the Pro Football Reference page, I think 5'10", 207 is extremely extremely generous. Uh, but to me, Kyler Murray, I mean, we've seen he can play baseball. He was a he was a number one pick uh, in the MLB draft, and he was gonna play baseball until he obviously decided to play football. So you know he's extremely athletic and he's extremely versatile, and the guy. Obviously, he's a good passer. That was the best part of his game uh, at Oklahoma and in the NFL. He's got just a, a tremendous eye for the field and and just athletically gifted as far as throwing the ball and, and fitting passes into into tight windows, which is something you want from your point guard. Um, and he's just so tiny and elusive and quick. I think he can he could make defenders miss at the point guard position. He can make a couple plays on his own. He's quick. He'll outrun guys. I think he'll he'll just play quick and 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 you know maybe play some gritty def defense. Obviously, we don't really see that uh, on the NFL field, but uh, I think that he's he's a guy that that just seems like a point guard to me. You know, when I was looking for my point guard, I was looking for obviously as a Raptors fan, I'm a little biased. I was looking for a Kyle Lowry type of guy, and I think this guy fits the bill. I mean, uh, Kyler Murray is is five ten. 207 pounds and, and, and Kyle Lowry is, is a six foot guy 196 pounds so just undersized guys uh, that can still really really make plays and I, I see I see Kyler Murray as a, as a tremendous point guard for this team uh, and and you know maybe in the in the mold of a Kyle Lowry or or an Isaiah Thomas back when he was in his prime we've seen small guys do some do some damage in the NBA obviously so Kyler Murray is my point guard Moving on to the other guard position as we finish out this backcourt, 
Uh, I thought, you know, in my point guard, I had a, a purely offensive guy, a guy who's going to make offensive plays. And, and on most of my starting five here, I actually have purely just offensive players, except for here at the shooting guard position. My thoughts going into this was, uh, I'm looking for a guy that's kind of like uh, Patrick Beverly, um, uh, who plays on the, on the Los Angeles Clippers. For those of you that don't know what Pat, uh, what Patrick Beverly is all about, who the guy is, uh, he's a he's a six foot, uh, 195 pound shooting guard, undersized guy. He plays point guard slash shooting guard. He's a versatile guy, and he's just an incredible defender, one of the best defenders in the NBA. Uh, he's a guy who, who's gonna who's gonna steal the ball. He's gonna play uh, extremely good defense, um, and and he's gonna get in your face. And he's got like really really good star players ejected. He always seems to get in the face of Kevin Durant every time he plays against him. Um, so I wanted to find me a guy who, who's, you know, maybe maybe not the biggest guy, but I want to find a defensive guy, somebody who's going to create turnovers, create big plays on the defensive end, uh, play scrappy defense, and, and get in the face of the opponents and, and get in their head. And to me, one guy stuck out. I, I was looking at the cornerback position. Cornerbacks often have guys that are just, chippy and, and, and smack talkers and always talking crap to the receivers. So to me, Marcus Peters, uh, the defensive back for the Baltimore Ravens, is my pick for my shooting guard. Um, he's a, we need a defensive guy. I have all offensive guys on this starting five. So that was my first area. I was looking for a, a guy to put here that was a defensive player uh, in the NFL. But I, I love, you know, he's just a scrappy in your face guy. Uh, he, he'll sometimes maybe take it a little bit too far, uh, but you want a guy like that on your team, a guy who's going to go out there and, and, and just talk crap, get in the face of the opponents, and, and, and play extremely good defense. Uh, the guy produces turnovers. He's got 27 picks in, in five years in the NFL. I mean, it seems like every year, I believe every year except for one, uh, he has at least five interceptions uh, on the season. So he, he's obviously really, really good at creating turnovers and, and turning them into big plays. He's got a lot of touchdowns off those turnovers. So to me, Marcus Peters, uh, he, he's very much a similar body type to a Patrick Beverly. And I like having him and Kyler Murray in my backcourt. Now moving on to the small forward position, we're going to start to build uh, my wings here. Uh, the small forward position I was looking for, honestly, I was looking for who's the best small forward in the NBA today. Who's the best player really in the NBA? And it's LeBron James. So I'm looking for my LeBron James. You know, easier said than done. Obviously, LeBron James is a monster, monster of a man. Uh, just athletically gifted and, and is is tremendously talented. But I I looked at a guy, looked for a guy who who's big, who can move, who, uh, who I think uh, can really just do it all. And to me... It's a guy who doesn't have a job in the NFL right now. So my small forward is Cam Newton, the quarterback, uh, free agent right now. Can't believe he's still a free agent. But obviously comparing him to LeBron James, it may be a little bit of a stretch. But I was just looking for a big dude. Uh, LeBron is, is 6'9", 250 pounds. Cam Newton's 6'5", so, you know, four inches smaller, but still big uh, in, in, in NFL standards. He's 245 pounds. Uh, and if you look at Cam Newton, he's just a monster of a man, and he's he's a do-it-all type of guy. In the NFL, he's he can he can pass the ball. Obviously, as a quarterback, and and he's one of the best running quarterbacks we've seen uh, the past decade. Um, he's he's played at an MVP level. We know he has the ability to to turn it on and be a, an MVP in 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 all uh, NBA if you want to go there, and all all pro type of player. Um, obviously he's a free agent right now, but to me, uh, he's, he's a, just a monster, a massive humanity, like, like LeBron James, an athletic freak, a guy who's, who's going to give you everything, a guy who's not afraid of contact. Uh, and it's just a guy who's going to be hard to stop. We've seen Cam Newton when he's healthy, uh, just truck over defenders on his way to the, to the end zone. And, and LeBron's very much the same way. Uh, you know, if, it doesn't matter if you foul him. If he's on his way to the basket, he's going to find a way to score through contact. And that's why I chose Cam Newton as my small forward. Moving on to the uh, the other forward position, the power forward position. This is kind of a 
a position that uh, doesn't get a whole lot of love in the NBA anymore. That in the center position, it seems like uh, we're just kind of moving towards two small forwards and and maybe uh, not even having a center. Uh, it, it, so for me, I, I look for a guy, you know, as a power forward, I want a guy who's going to go in there and grab rebounds, who's going to who's going to play aggressive. And then I looked I looked for a guy who who can jump, uh, a guy who can maybe throw down some sweet dunks, get people fired up. And um, I look for maybe maybe a Dwight Howard type. You know, obviously Dwight Howard, uh, he's 6'10", 265, big guy, uh, just has some of the some of the greatest highlight dunks you'll see and and is a tremendous rebounder, one of the best rebounders we've ever seen. So I couldn't really find anybody close to to Dwight Howard as far as size goes, six ten. I mean, but my guy at the power forward position uh, is Mike Evans, the wide receiver for the Tampa Bay Bucks. Um, to me, he's just a guy who who his best work is done up in the air. You you throw him those fifty fifty balls, he's going to go up and grab them. He's not afraid to get down and dirty, grab those rebounds. They often talk about receivers and tight ends as as rebounders. Guys who are going to go up and just take the ball away from you, and obviously he can he can jump out the gym. He's got incredible vertical, and he's just a huge dude. I mean, as a receiver, he's six five, two hundred thirty one pounds. Uh, as far as height goes, maybe not the tallest guy in the NBA, but we're like, we kind of have to go with a smaller ball lineup here because it's it's NFL players, not NBA players, so. Uh, I just want a guy who's who's not afraid of contact, not afraid of getting up there, uh, getting down and dirty, and 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 grabbing rebounds and and playing good defense. So that's why I chose Mike Evans as my power forward. And moving on to the final position on my starting five here uh, for my NBA team, and I I need a center. I need I need a a, a big guy who's gonna go in there and play. Uh, in the center of my offense uh, and, and, and defend the rim on defense. <clears throat> and to me, I, I, you know, I looked over my team, I looked over these four guys, and I realized I'm lacking height. It's not a very tall team. My tallest player is uh, Mike Evans and, and Cam Newton are both 6'5". Are both you know, 6'5", that's tall in the, in the NFL. Uh, it's really not that tall uh, in the NBA. So I, I need to find me a guy who's, who's tall, who, who, who can just, you know, be a little bit of size for me at the center position. Uh, unfortunately, there's there's no seven-footers in the NFL. I looked it up. Uh, nobody is is seven feet tall. But I went out and I got the tallest guy I could find to be my center on my team. But I didn't just pick any player. I didn't just pick a guy because he's tall. I picked um, somebody who I thought could come in and contri- contribute uh, on, this, on this basketball team. And to me, my center is... Alejandro Villanueva, the left tackle for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, this guy, this guy has such an interesting story. I, I never really heard his full story until until I started uh, researching some things about him uh, for this for this silly exercise. Um, but so the guy is he's six foot nine, uh, three hundred twenty pounds, which is just so scary. Holy smoke, 6'9", 320 pounds. Now, nobody in the NF, uh, or in the NBA, rather, is 320 pounds. Uh, most guys, you know, are closer to 200. The, the heavier guys, maybe around 250. Uh, the guy that I tried to compare Alejandro Villanueva to is a, is a guy like Nikola Jokic for the, for the Denver Nuggets. He's 7 feet tall, uh, 253 pounds, and he looks, he looks quite chubby. I'm not going to lie. He's, he's not, doesn't look like he's in the greatest shape, but... You know, you're thinking 320 pounds, this guy's not going to be able to move with these NBA players. Well, a uh, little fun fact um, about Alejandro Villanueva. Uh, for those of you that didn't know, uh, he played um, his college football. Uh, obviously, f- he was he was part of uh, the Army team. So he, he, pl- he went to Army. Uh, he played for Army. And when he was there, um, he actually played multiple positions including, okay, so he played left tackle like he does um, in the NFL. He also played uh, defensive lineman. And then he also played wide receiver. That's 6'9". 6'9", wide receiver. This guy legitimately played wide receiver at 6'9". And he's now 320 pounds. But as a receiver, 
Uh, he, he got down to 290 pounds, which is still just so big for a receiver. That's, a, that's absurd. So, so, you know, this guy might be big right now. He's 320 pounds. Uh, but we, I think, you know, we bring him on to the average Joe uh, starting five here, uh, the NBA team. And, and I think we can get him down back to 290 or, or you know, get him closer to, to where, he, where he can be a little bit, uh, you know, more agile, a little bit, you know, be able to move around his weight a little bit. 290 is still extremely, extremely heavy, but, you know, he, he's, a, he's a big dude. He's 6'9". Uh, let's, let's try to get him down, uh, get him back down to, to NBA playing weight. I mean, the guy's versatile. He's played offensive lineman, defensive lineman, wide receiver. Uh, he was re originally recruited as a tight end. So this guy can, he'll do whatever you tell him to do, honestly. He just, he just loves playing. And I want a guy like this on my basketball team. Uh, you know, I, I think, uh, you know, we need a guy who's not going to be scared to get down and dirty again. And I think who's, who's more, uh, who's more uh, not scared than, than an offensive lineman. They're down in the trenches doing the dirty work all the time. So give me Alejandro Villanueva. Uh, you know, the guy, the guy's just an athletic freak. Another fun fact uh, when he made it to the NFL, so he originally, he bounced around a couple teams. He, he ended up serving a couple uh, years here and there uh, overseas uh, on a couple tours with the Army. Uh, but he, he never gave up on his NFL dream. Uh, eventually, in 2014, he got signed by the Philadelphia Eagles uh, to play um, def uh, defensive end, actually. He didn't, he didn't play offensive lineman right away. So he, he originally got signed by the, by the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, eventually he was cut at the time he was cut with the Philadelphia Eagles. He weighed 250 pounds. So he got back down to 250 pounds and then he got signed by the Pittsburgh Steelers and he rose up to 340 pounds within a year. That is absurd. I don't understand how you can gain that much weight. That's 90 pounds. There are some people that are 90 pounds. I mean, if you want to just be utterly stunned. Go and look at Alejandro Villanueva's story and how he got to the NFL. It's really quite amazing. Uh, but yeah, I'm really excited to have him as my center on my on my NFL basketball team here. Uh, so just to recap, I have uh, in the backcourt, my point guard is Kyler Murray, a small little guy. He can run in between people's legs if he has to. Uh, shooting guard, Marcus Peters. I'm just going to try to get people ejected uh, with, with him. Um, and then I have... Uh, at the small forward position, we got Mike Evans, uh, or rather, sorry, Cam Newton at the at the small forward position, and I have uh, Mike Evans at the power forward posi position, and obviously Alejandro Villanueva uh, rounding it out at the center position. All right, moving on to the final segment of today's show. Um, I asked you guys this week uh, on Instagram, on my Instagram story. Uh, you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at uh, underscore average Joe Show. Uh, if you want to keep up to date on the show and, 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 and discuss, I asked you guys this week on my Instagram story uh, for any questions. I was doing a mailbag, so we're going to hit the mailbag um, and just answer some of your guys' questions, any questions you guys have NFL related. So yeah, like it, it, if you're listening to this show and, and you say, hey, I have some questions, then then please follow me, uh, Instagram, Twitter, please. Uh, I'm begging, apparently. I've said please a couple times. So just yeah, give, give me a follow. Uh, if, if you want to discuss football and if, if you want to be up to date on the show, uh, please do that. Also, you can email me at uh, pod at gmail.com. Um, but yeah, without further ado, let's jump right into the mailbag. We have I picked out three questions from you guys, and, and we're just going to kind of go through them and, and give you guys my opinions, my thoughts, and hopefully uh, we can make the mailbag a, a semi-regular thing on this show. I really enjoy interacting with people that listen to the show, so... Uh, yeah, why don't we just jump into the first question? And the first question here uh, comes from one of you guys, and it says, "Will the 49ers have a Super Bowl hangover?" This is a really good question. Uh, obviously, we've talked about this uh, a few times during this podcast, um, and and to me, uh, I picked them uh, to during the uh, NFL superlatives thing, uh, the most likely to fall off. So. Obviously, a little bit. I, I feel like this could happen. We've seen it happen a few times. Uh, last year, the Los Angeles Rams did not make the make the playoffs after after going all the way to the Super Bowl. 
uh, being the NFC representative in the Super Bowl. And we've seen this a few times where a team will will lose uh, in the Super Bowl and, and not be able to, to get back. We've seen the Falcons, when they lost so brutally to the Patriots, I believe they did make it back the next year. But since that point, since that point, they really haven't been able to get back there, climb that mountain again, and, and this time succeed and win. Uh, so to me, it's you look at the 49ers, uh, they have a good enough roster to not even worry about a Super Bowl hangover. They have an extremely talented roster. Coaching-wise, I think Kyle Shanahan's one of the best coaches in the NFL. Uh, I mean, just watching some of the plays he draws up with some of the these pre-stamp motions and stuff, it's really, really fun to watch on Game Pass, watching uh, some of the stuff that he draws up. And and obviously their defensive line is incredible. They lost DeForest Buckner, but they went out and got uh, a guy who has the potential to be just as talented uh, in the draft. So the defensive line there is still... Uh, extremely talented. Um, I think they need a little bit of work on the secondary. Uh, Richard Sherman, we saw him get absolutely exposed in the Super Bowl by speed. Uh, he's still a really, really good corner, don't get me wrong, but I think he can get exposed by some of these younger, faster receivers sometimes. Um, so their secondary could potentially be a point of weakness. They have really good uh, uh, linebackers with Quan Alexander and, and, and those guys there. I think that could be another strength um, as he comes back from that injury. And hopefully... Uh, D Ford comes back and he can play on along that defensive line, uh, play more than he did last year. And offensively, uh, you have you have some really talented receivers, Debo Samuel, uh, who they got. They also got the guy Brandon Ayuk out of Arizona State there in the first round, who's a very similar uh, receiver to Debo Samuel. So they have some some really good receivers. Um, and running back wise, obviously uh, Kyle Shanahan just schemes up some really good things for those running backs. So you look at the roster, you're thinking. This team cannot have a Super Bowl hangover. They're a really, really good team. Uh, but but I think their division this year is going to be a lot tougher than it was last year. Um, obviously, we have the Arizona Cardinals, who I absolutely love. I, I've talked them up a ton. Uh, maybe talked about them too much. But I love the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, the Seahawks are going to be competitive every year with Russell Wilson, probably one of the best quarterbacks in football. And you have, and you have the Rams, who... I think, you know, either they're going to bounce back or or they could be, they, if they don't bounce back, they could be the bottom of this division because this division is tough. This could be the, the toughest division in football. So you have that going for you or going against you if you're the Niners. Uh, and then you have, a, you know, a quarterback that that you didn't trust to throw more than eight passes at, su- at certain points in, in the Super Bowl. To me, if this team wants to not have that Super Bowl hangover, they need to get more from Jimmy Garoppolo. I think Jimmy Garoppolo has the potential to be a franchise quarterback, has the potential to be better than he has been, but we need to see it from him. We need to see Kyle Shanahan trust Jimmy Garoppolo more than he has. Uh, so for me, uh, I think defenses are going to figure out this run game. You can, they're going to they're going to sell out to stop the run. They're going they're going to do they're going to stack the box. They're going to bring extra defenders, make it make it really hard to run uh, on them. And they're, they're going to make Jimmy Garoppolo beat them. So to me, this this rests on the uh, on the shoulders of Jimmy Garoppolo. So, you know, going back to your question, will they have a, uh, will the 49ers have a Super Bowl hangover? Uh, I can't say for sure. I'll say, you know, I'll say yes, because I don't think they're going to be as successful as they were last year. Last year, they really just wreaked havoc uh, throughout the, the regular season and in the postseason. I'm not saying that they're not going to be back in the postseason and maybe even competing for a Super Bowl. I think they have a good chance to have that Super Bowl hangover because of how tough that division is. Because we have a quarterback that we don't know if they even trust at this point. Moving on to another uh, question here from you guys. The second question. And this is another really good question. It says, uh, how much does Gronk have left in the tank? Uh, that's that's a good question. This is something that I've thought about a lot. Obviously, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are, are super hyped up this this de- uh, this season. They've built a, a really good offense there, and, and and Gronk went and joined Brady, and and some people are just assuming that they're going to go back to their dominant ways. But you know, we saw Gronkowski when he was retired talking about his his various injuries and and the stuff that he struggled with uh, as an NFL player. He he's been injured a lot. He has a ton of injuries. You can tell it was taking a toll on him. And not only that, when he retired, uh, he lost somewhere up to up to um, 
20, at least 20 pounds. It looks to me, pictures, he, Gronk says he lost 20 pounds. To me, it looks like he lost quite a bit more than 20 pounds. He was super skinny. Uh, but apparently, he says he's ready to get back to playing weight. Uh, I, I, he probably feels like he is back to playing weight. So, to me, it really comes down to um, to answering this question. Uh, it comes down to, I don't think that Rob Gronkowski needs to be who he was, who the dominant tight end that he was in New England. Uh, you go back to those New England Super Bowl runs. Uh, Receiver-wise uh, and weapon-wise, there's not a whole lot of elite talent on those teams. So Gronkowski really needed to to take the brunt of the load, to take uh, a lot of the team on his shoulders and and make dominant plays. Because uh, because you you only had really Julian Edelman and Josh Gordon for a little bit, and then basically Tom Brady was thrown to a bunch of uh, grocery store baggers. But to me, I don't think he needs to be that in Tampa Bay. So to answer your question, I how much does he have left in the tank? I think he has enough left in the tank. He might not be the same Gronk that we've seen in the past, but I think he he has enough to to bring this offense to another level. Uh, as a Dolphins fan, I've I've seen Gronkowski and Brady completely destroy uh, my heart <laughs> as as a Dolphins fan uh, during games. And and one thing that I can remember them doing often is is something that I think Gronk needs to do uh, this season, and that's you know the Dolphins will be playing the Patriots. It's usually a primetime game for some reason. Uh, they're playing on primetime, and you're like the Dolphins seem to be holding their own. But you know the Patriots' offense is still clicking, and they're he Tom Brady's getting all these dump off passes to Chris Hogan, Julian Edelman, and 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 in these uh these passes out to the running backs, and and you're like okay, uh, you know things are not going that well, but you know we we're hanging in it, and then all of a sudden Brady hits Gronkowski down the field on a seam for a 30 yard gain. Gronk breaks four or five tackles and just blows up the game, gives this team so much momentum, and you're like. Oh yeah, I forgot that Gronk is on this team, uh, and and you know that happened often watching this Patriots team. Uh, they they would kind of go away from him a little bit, and then he would come out of nowhere, and he would just completely light a fire under the butts of of that team. And to me, that's what I think Gronk needs to do this season. Is just he doesn't need to be that dominant, you know, best tight end ever that we've seen um, him be in the past. He he can be more of a quiet secret weapon, I guess, as quiet and his secret as a guy named Gronk can be, but you have so much talent on this team offensively. You have uh, Mike Evans, obviously. Uh, you you have, um, even at the tight end position, uh, you have Cameron Brait, you have O.J. Howard, obviously Chris Godwin is there. Um, there's so much talent as far as the receiving game goes. Gronk doesn't need to take that load on him anymore, and he can be a guy who just who makes two or three really, really big plays uh, that breaks open the game. Uh, so to me, you know, you're asking how much does Gronk have left in the tank? I think he has just enough left in the tank. Moving on to the final question uh, of the show. Uh, and it's another really, really good question. Uh, one that I, I hadn't thought about too much, but I, I, I appreciate the question. It is uh, most underrated defense heading into the 2021 uh, or 2020-2021 season. Uh, really good question. Thanks. Appreciate the question. Um, I, I did some research. I, I looked over and I tried really, really hard uh, to, to pick a team that I haven't talked much about, uh, a, a team that maybe doesn't get as much play in the media. And I, you know, I, I looked at certain teams. Obviously, there are there are certain teams that have defenses that we know. Uh, obviously, the Chicago Bears, all they have really is defense. They are a dominant defense. Offensively, they might not have much there, but defensively, they're good. We know uh, the Chicago Bears have a good defense. They're not underrated. Uh, you talk about a team like the Pittsburgh Steelers last year, the same situation. Offense wasn't there. Their defense was phenomenal last year with Minka Fitzpatrick and, and all those other uh, weapons, a really underrated defensive line there. So we know the Steelers have that elite defense. We know, you know, we know certain teams have really good defense, obviously 49ers last year. Um, and then I tried to, I tried to find teams that maybe we didn't know their defenses were, you know, as good as they are, I, I look at certain teams like like the Buffalo Bills. I've been talking about a lot. I really like what they're doing. I think their defense is is really underrated. They they have one of the best defenses last year already. But teams, but uh, fans rather, just continue to sleep on the Bills. They could be a potential pick here. 
I looked at the Packers. I think they have a pretty good uh, defensive unit. Overall, they have a couple young corners and, and safeties that could develop into really good players. And that defensive line is, I would say, actually quite underrated uh, with, with, obviously, you have Preston Smith and Zadarius Smith there who, who wreaked havoc last year, really good free agent signings. So, I, you know, I think the Packers could be good. They have maybe a couple holes at the linebacker position they maybe need to cover up for. But, you know, I, tr I tried. I really, really tried to pick a team that, I could, that we haven't talked much about. But, uh, spoiler alert, I failed. <laughs> I picked a team that we just talked about. And the question before this, uh, I'm sorry, guys, but it's the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I mean, they have an extremely underrated defense. We we and I think it's it's underrated because of how much we talk about their offense. We talk about the uh, Tom Brady. We talk about Gronk. Talk about Mike Evans. Talk about Chris Godwin. All those guys there. Um, but you take a look and really look at this defense. Quietly, there's there's talent on this team. This could be a really really good defense, and that 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 I think should be really scary for other teams in the NFL because we know this offense will at least be good enough with the pieces that they have. They should be great, but obviously that's a lot of pressure to put on a team, but they should be great. The defense has a potential to be really great as well. I mean, you uh, coming off the edge, you have Shaq Barrett, who who led the league in uh, sacks last year, was a monster. I got the franchise tag, nearly broke the sack record last year. And then Jason Pierre-Paul, who's just been a consistent edge rusher uh, his whole career. Inside, you have Ndamukong Sue who, you know, may not be as good as he once was. Um, shout out to Toby Keith. Uh, but uh, he he, uh, he may not be the dominant, you know, number one defensive tackle in the NFL like he used to be, but he's still just a, a really, really strong interior defender. Uh, and you have him matched up with the young Vita Vea, who also is really coming into his own. After we thought maybe he would be sort of a bust, he, he's really come into his own the last couple of years there um, on that defensive line. So you have the defensive line. That's one of the better defensive lines in football right there. Just those four guys. Then you look at uh, at, at the corner positions and, and safety. Uh, you have uh, Jamal, Jamal Dean. Jamel Dean. Jamel Dean. I believe it's Jamel Dean. Um, he's the guy who, who ran really fast at the combine. And he struggled early uh, last year in his rookie season. But really came into his own later on uh, in the season. Uh, and, and, you know, PFF gives him a pretty good grade. He got a 76 overall grade. That's the 12th ranked corner uh, in football. And then you have some other young guys like Sean Murphy Bunting um, there uh, in the slot. And, and you know, the secondary is, is, is pretty underrated. Carlton Davis at the other cornerback position, another, another younger guy. Um, and then the, the safety position, uh, we have... Justin Evans, who, who's you know who's who's a pretty decent safety, but then they went out and they drafted uh, Antoine Winfield, uh, Antoine Winfield Jr. Uh, during the draft, who was who was a guy that I really liked uh, in the draft. He was he was a uh, just just a guy who's you know undersized maybe, but can can hit hard, make big plays, uh, and 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 just you know really change that defense and I think develop into a really really good player. And then you we haven't even talked about the linebacker position. At linebacker, you have you have a guy in in um, Levante David who has is one of the best linebackers we've seen in the past decade. He does not get talked about nearly enough. Levante David is a phenomenal linebacker. Uh, he was snubbed from the All Pro team. I mean, he's just a a really really good player that's not talked about enough. And then alongside him, you have Devin White who who was the best linebacker uh, in the draft just a couple years ago, and I think he could. He could really develop into a, into a a franchise type player, but those are two guys uh, at the linebacker position who are who have you know one is elite, one is a fantastic player in Levante David, and Devin White has the potential to turn into uh, an elite player um, there at the linebacker position. So to me, you know, as much as we talked about them, and I'm sorry, I know you guys are probably sick of talking about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. To me, their their defense is is the most underrated defense heading into. Uh, this NFL season, their, their defense is just not talked about enough. Uh, their offense is obviously amazing and, and great and has all those weapons, but their defense could could be, you know, a, a top-tier defense despite struggling last year. Uh, you know, I, I, could, I could see a tremendous improvement on this defensive side uh, for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So I hope I answered your question uh, sufficiently. 
the Tampa Bay Bucks are, are my most underrated defense heading into this season. Um, if you have any discussions, please, uh, or any disagreements, if you don't like me continuing to talk about the Buccaneers or, or, you know, on any of these questions, or you have further questions, please, please DM me at any point. Don't wait for me to put an Instagram story up. Don't wait for me to post on Twitter. If you have questions, feel free to ask. I would love to do another mailbag episode, uh, have some questions uh, answered for you guys and have some discussions. Uh, we have some really exciting things we're, we're planning on doing in the future. Maybe going to get some guests on the show um, and continue to, to, you know, just try to have discussions with you guys. And, and eventually I'm going to go through and have my position rankings for the 2020 season going into the 2020 season, go over my top five at each position. So some exciting things in the future. Obviously, it's a slow time in the NFL right now. But uh, really excited. Uh, thank you guys so much for tuning in. I uh, hope you guys will continue to listen to the show. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at underscore uh, the average Joe show. Uh, uh, make sure you follow us. Keep up to date with what we're with what we're doing, and and also um, check back every Tuesday uh, on whatever podcast site you listen to the show on. Check back um, and uh, for new episodes. Also, uh, if you're listening to this show on Apple Podcasts, don't forget to leave a rating and a review. I would very much appreciate that. Uh, don't forget to share the show with um, other football fans that you might have in your life. If you like the show, don't don't hesitate to share it and, and spread it around. Um, again, from the bottom of my heart, thank you guys very much for listening. And uh, we will catch you on the next one. <laughs>